Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is actually, or the history that we know. Sorry, Siri. I'm listening. <laughs> That's so weird. It's because you said history and it heard. Hey, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> Grr. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with Reels and Ribena. You made Ribena. up both of these words. I know. So this is something I hadn't really twigged if I didn't bring you in my little like pack of Scottish things. No. It was Ribena. What? Like, what, what is Ribena? It's not even, to be honest, it's not even Scottish. I think it's just UK wide. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's lovely. It's like a black currant... Uh, children's soft drink but ew. not like carbonated just ew. uh why ew. is that ew that sounds disgusting <laughs> oh oh no it's delightful everyone was raised on ribena and oh. then it that was ribena was one of the ones that got it was the first things to get hit by like we need to stop children eating sugar uh-huh so it instantly got you know oh. reduced and it was just never as good it looks so like wait, it looks like, like black current it looks like floor cleaner <laughs> You've reached into my heart. And... It's like a deep purple, mm. and it's got well, like I like black currant. I would picture this like next to the next to the pine saw in the in the <laughs> washer floor aisle. Wow, no, it's delightful. It's really <laughs> nice. Um, they also do strawberry flavor, which okay. is like the best, and everyone knows that. I would I would be much more on board with strawberry <laughs> flavor. Yeah, black currant's like the OG, but. You know, we all love strawberries. We're at that. Uh, so wait, okay. What's this beef that you have with blackcurrant? What? That's not blackcurrant in general is not a very popular flavor in the U.S. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I would be hard pressed to think of something I could just walk down to the supermarket and get that it's just blackcurrant. That flavor that is blackcurrant flavored or has blackcurrant in it. Yeah. No. Interesting. What is well, it? there we go. The discrepancies are beginning already. I don't even know. I mean, it seems gross. What is it? Does it taste like blueberries? What does it taste like? Tastes like black currants. <laughs> Get, <laughs> Get out of here with that. It tastes. It tastes sweet, kind of bitter. Okay. Um. It it's like uh. So you're a child. Your mom and dad are drinking wine. Right. You would drink black currant oh. because it would make you feel like you're drinking wine. Oh, in America, we just drink wine. No. <laughs> Ugh, disgusting. Um, 
yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's um a little bit bitter. It's got a, huh. a slight bitterness. Okay. Uh, but Ribena itself obviously plied with sugar. Right. So it's, it's just a soft drink. Yeah. Yeah, we and black currants I would say are mostly used as a, a flavoring. You know, you wouldn't just like go and like and eat. pick up a ton of black currant. Do you make well? Like, that's not. Do you make like black currant pie or like? No, that would they're too bitter. They're okay. too bitter for that. Hmm. Um, but we would probably make either blueberries, which I know you have. Yes. Uh, or black um blackberries. Oh, which is different from which a black currant. Yes. Did you, Do you know, have blackberries? We do have blackberries. Did you know most, at least in America, most, I think it's blueberry flavoring um, uh-huh. doesn't come from real blueberries. It, oh. it comes from a very specific secretion from beaver anuses. You're kidding. That's <laughs> not even true. 100% That's not even true. true. What? Yep. Absolutely true. I'm, I believe it, if it's not blueberries, it's strawberries or something, but... So like, what they farm beavers? I, well, I just wonder who was the first person, right? It's like that tastes a little bit like blueberries. <laughs> Let's stick it in a muffin. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So if you That's have like vile. blueberry flavored candy or something, you're just eating the anus of a beaver, which is not gay slang for something, despite how it's, it sounds. Exactly. <laughs> wow. I'm going to need to muse on that one for a little bit. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking what of, are you drinking? Right. Speaking of black current drinks, what are you drinking today? What am ha! I drinking? That's all right. I'm drinking. Okay, this is my, it's my ballpark. That's true. Mate, this is your ballpark. Been, I got nothing. Yeah. I think I'll go with, we've talked about Iron Brew quite a lot, so that's yes, going to be have. the obvious answer now. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to go with Buckfast. Buckfast? Yeah, a lovely refreshing <laughs> glass of buckfast what is buckfast mm. uh bu- buckfast is a uh fortified wine oh, got uh, it. that is popular amongst uh what we call the ned population um that I, you have no equivalent for nope i suspect much of this particular podcast is going to be <laughs> yeah, you saying something very scottish and me saying what the hell does that mean <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I think that's fine. Yes. I feel like, yeah, I have a duty here (laughs) (laughs) to represent. We do have a couple of Scottish listeners, so hopefully they'll be loving this. Yes, feeling right at home. Uh, Yep. Um, But no, nobody, well, no, people do drink Buckfast. It kind of gets drunk now by hipsters, ironically. Got it. But it's like an old-timey grog sort of ale wine. Well, so it's it's made by monks. It's made made by a place called Buckfast Abbey. Um, Buckfast but Abbey? the only people, <laughs> yeah, but the only people that drink it are uh, monks and hipsters. Ned, well, Ned's. That's the thing is because Mankey is is really really rotten. Uh-huh. Um, it looks like Lord of the Rings reference. How are you with your Lord of the Rings references? Mm, if it's from the movie, you've got a fighting chance, but that's about it. I mean, it's a really really niche one in the movie, <laughs> but like what they like try and force feed Mary, okay. um, in the second film. Nope. It looks a bit like that. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> it's basically thick and brown. <laughs> That's what you need to know. That's thick g- and brown. I feel I'm going to learn so many things. Um, you are. You are. It's going to be great. Speak- uh, what are you drinking? I'm intrigued. Oh, uh, I'm drinking. Mm, I'm going to try this one out, but it might be wrong. Water from the Lee. Is the I Lee mean, a yeah, body of water? Fr- 
the Lee would just be like a river. Great. So I was right. <laughs> yes. Yes, you would. And actually, guess what? In Scotland, you could probably do this in the States as well, but you can drink her water oh you can't do that in the states you'll either get radiation poisoning or um oh i forget what it's called um but it makes you poop a lot um really even like in the mountains no oh no 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 do you know why do you know why no i don't because it's beavers because the rivers are filled with beaver poop (laughs) is that actually why yes get out of town that's incredible i mean ours are filled with like dead sheep and stuff but doesn't matter we still drink it anyway maybe you just have stronger immune systems i think that might be it no it's love oh my gosh the best the best water i've uh-huh. ever had uh-huh. i was out hiking uh-huh. um straight from the lee straight from this beautiful little brook pop in the bottle clear as day uh-huh have a sip and it was just because it was so because quite early in the morning so it was lovely and chill uh-huh. and it was just i was just like in that way i was like energized that just sounds super refreshing but what yeah. jimmy why why are we talking so much about scotland because <laughs> we're changing the podcast guys it's <laughs> <laughs> just gonna be jimmy telling tommy stuff about scotland uh. Uh, no that is because we're broaching into scottish musical theater territory said in full inverted commas uh well, hey, we've got a quiz question. I'll, I'll see yes, if we can we guess do. what it might be. If you haven't guessed already, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so the film version of this musical proved that Gene Kelly was afraid of cows. So many mm. options. So many so options. So many. <laughs> so many. All of those Gene Kelly cow crossovers that uh-huh. we've experienced. Um, so Thomas, what, what could that possibly be? as well now that you're doing the singing beforehand right yes so as to avoid like because that stumped me i don't know what exactly to do no i'm 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 well done, there Bravo. to bath you i do Still, i wish mate. this musical makes me wish every musical began with a chorus of people singing the title of the musical <laughs> <laughs> every single one that would be great right what would well, i'm trying i'm looking at the wall now and i'm like what would be fantastic for that <laughs> i was about to be like in the heights oh wait yeah, you're here by Charlie Brown. Oh wait, <laughs> it does it does create some problems for um, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum and how to succeed in business without. Well, I guess. Oh, maybe Brigadoon just doesn't do it well, and is why I find it so. Maybe funny. that's it. Maybe that is it. <laughs> it comes out of yeah. Most of the in fact, most of these shows that I'm looking at into the woods. Yeah. Yep, they're all 
They all tell you. Maybe it's just yeah. so shoehorned into Brigadoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like we're coming. Yeah, here we come. Exactly. Anyway, before we what get, Earth is Brigadoon. Well, before we get too far from our quiz question. <laughs> yes. Oh um, yeah. Gene Kelly was uh, terrified of a long-horned cow that was used in the film version of Brigadoon, and so he insisted that the cow was blindfolded and chained to the floor, and they put plastic eyes on top of the blindfold so that you couldn't tell that the cow was blindfolded. Yeah, but you can totally tell, because that cow is just like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Just like this face that just doesn't move. You can't see the chains, though. They've covered them up with some yeah. lovely fake grass. Oh, man. Mm. any Anything to rub Gene Kelly in the dirt. I'm all about it. What well, I will say, right, in Highland Cow's defense here, <laughs> um, so we, like, these are really, these are a common beast in yes. the Highlands. Like, you do see them. Uh-huh. Um, and they're, they're probably quite, they're probably more docile than, like, normal cattle. I would, I would believe say. that. I bet you they're more they're docile just, they're than just chill. wild American cattle. Like, I wouldn't get close oh, yeah. to a bison or a buffalo. Oh no, and because that's thing. So um, I, th- I have a feeling I've even talked about this before in the podcast. If not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, had an ex who um lived on a cow farm, mm-hmm. um, and so to get to his house, we had to walk through this field of cows, and they would just approach you, and they are big, like they are big beasts. Uh-huh. And the only way that we could like keep them back was by grabbing a massive stick and screaming at them. You live in a and bizarre, weird place. I do, I do, and that was it. That was all we had to do. I was constantly <laughs> shitting myself. These uh, massive beasts, and we're talking like twenty of them. Oh yeah. So Gene Kelly, I get it. I get it, man. <laughs> I really get it. Uh, yeah. So Brigadoon, Brigadoon. Uh, last week it was our first uh, Irons of Flaherty. This week. Our, Our first, first Learner and Low. Learner and Low. Uh, music by Frederick Lerner. Book and lyrics by Alan. Or sorry, music by Frederick Lowe. <laughs> book by book and lyrics by Alan J. Lerner. Yes, They're, indeed. Their first names uh, don't matter. It's like Rogers and Hammerstein. Um, exactly. Well, I think it's Fritz anyway. I've never seen him actually be called Frederick. Yeah. No, that's weird. Um, um, open on Broadway, yes. 1947. Yep, we're back in the early days once again. Mm-hmm. Um, opened over in my neck of the woods a wee bit after uh, 1949. I think after it had just closed on mm-hmm. Broadway. It, it, it lasted well in both yeah. uh, both areas. Nearly, I think. In, it, for their context. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, nearly 600 performances, which is huge for yeah. that era. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the Gene Kelly movie, which came out of the uh, much lauded Freed Unit in yes. 1954. Any movie musical you can think of probably came out of the Freed Unit. <laughs> probably starring Gene Kelly. <laughs> probably starring Gene Kelly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and very excitingly, didn't didn't realize this. Um, it was represented at the very first Tony Awards. Yeah. How nice is that? Um, this is before they even had a best musical category Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't eligible for best musical because that didn't exist yet right um but agnes demille won for uh choreography so there you go isn't that nice it is nice um right at the start it's been revived a bazillion times i saw brigadoon um maybe in sixth grade at a regional professional theater in the round it's fascinating was this in Chicago? It was North Chicago. Yeah, it's a uh, called the Marriott Theater. They're a pretty famous. Um, was that the one that did the rewrite? I don't. Not that I know of. What rewrite? Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll talk more. Well, there was one. I'm pretty sure it was in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, wait. 
Is this getting... Are we too soon? We're never too soon. What did they change? We're never too soon. So um, they changed... The, they updated the book. Oh. Uh, but I think this was early 2000s. No, that would be too late. Well, R- maybe. I don't Let know. Let me just check. It's why, been why so long, I don't quite remember. Yeah. Um, Brigadoon. <laughs> 2014. 2014 at the Goodman? 2014. Uh... Uh, it was. It just says Chicago. Huh. Uh, but so uh, they did they like bring it up to 2014 standards. It was the good man. It was the good goodness gracious. Huh. Yes. So um, yeah. So a, a guy basically just took the book, totally revived it. Um, kind of brought it uh more into well, not it wasn't like set in the modern era, but I think right. they had links with um Jeff and uh. Uh, Tommy, uh-huh. your name. Uh, <laughs> they were like World War Two vets. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, and so they've kind of brought in this idea of, uh, yeah, like PTSD and how that kind of it fed into the whole fascinating um, Harry storyline. Like Henry, huh. Harry. I don't know. Their, their, <laughs> their names are impossible to remember. I think it's Hen- Harry. It was Harry. Um, yeah, so it, you know, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it, apparently, it was very good. Yeah, I mean, I believe so it. Go. Goodman does great work. Well, before we get yeah. too deep into it, what's the sh- <laughs> what's the show about, Jimmy? Well, well, let me tell you this classic classic Scottish piece of mythology. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, basically, for one day every hundred years. The quaint town of Brigadoon appears through the mist, uh, <laughs> and uh, they get to live live a day uh, before disappearing again. And uh, two hunters, American hunters, it American must be said, hunters. Uh, Tommy and Jeff stumble upon this this town uh, on its day, and they get to go and interact with all of the the villagers. Um, and uh, Tommy obviously falls in love. Right, because it's a uh, piece of musical theater from the 40s, so. Exactly. So he falls in love, but I mean, it's only there for a day. Right. So he has to fall in love pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, I won't spoil the ending. You know, I won't spoil <laughs> the ending. There's also a wedding, there's also a chase, um, there's lots of catchy songs. Yep. I don't know, Brigadoon. There's a ballet. There's, a ba- there's lots of dancing. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No. It it is a. It's a funeral. A very iconic funeral. Very iconic funeral. It is a manufactured piece of Scottish folklore from an American perspective. Does that seem fair? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Right. So right. We're just gonna dive straight in. I'm so excited. Segway. The 
So, you're you're American. I am. I'm Scottish. Yes. Did you do Americans think that this is a thing? That this is what Scotland looks like? No, no, no. Not we're not there yet. Oh. Um. Do they think that Brigadoon is like a, a piece of Scottish mythology? Do they think? Oh yes, you know the tale of Brigadoon. I bet you uh, your your lay person who has seen Brigadoon could you if you said like yeah that's you know a real piece of mythology they'd be like okay you know i don't think it's the sort of thing no i bet you i bet you a large portion of the of like an american's conception of ye olde scotland comes from the creation and existence of brigadoon of brigadoon well i'll tell you something yeah. i don't even think it's just americans yeah you think it's bigger think than it's... that Oh, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, let's have a look at where it all where it all began. <laughs> um, so so Scotland's really interesting mm-hmm. uh, because our our own history mm-hmm. is a little bit odd. Obviously, we've we've existed for a long, long time, right? Um, slight bit longer than you guys. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, absolutely. I believe you invented the long, long time word. Haven't you existed since time immemorial? Isn't that part of UK and Scottish and like that corner of the world's founding? We've I'll existed for so long that we don't know how long we've existed. And so we're just going to pretty pretend. much. Yeah, pretty much. And that's actually quite key to all of this malarkey because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of there's a lot of our history that we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly, it's all of the things that people love about Scotland. Mm hmm all of these different ideas that are relatively manufactured. Mm -hmm. Um, And it all happened around the Victorian era. Okay. Um, We all, we we owe it all to a guy, um, well, not all of it, but a lot of it to uh, a guy called Sir Walter Scott. Okay. That name you might know. That name rings a bell. So he he wrote, his biggest one was uh, a book uh, called Waverley. Okay. That was a big, big Scottish romantic love story. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, in, I think he gets included in one of these uh, groups of authors called uh, the Kale Yard. Okay. Or Kale Yard Fiction. Okay. Um, which uh, Kale Yard, I think it, it literally translates as something like uh, like Cabbage Farm or something, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, uh-huh. But it's to do with that beautiful picturesque image of, you know, Scotland... We work in the land, mm-hmm. uh, very earthy and, you know, Hobbiton and mm-hmm. uh, all of that yeah. malarkey. Um, and very, very popular to Americans in mm. particular. So also J.M. Barry, for example. Yes. Uh, who obviously wrote Peter, Peter Pan, Pan. But as a Scottish man, wrote many other pieces of Scottish fiction. Mm-hmm. Um actually set in scotland okay. um and kind of perpetrated this image mm-hmm. of like uh, the, of... the bucolic scottish highlands peacefulness and exactly exactly mm-hmm. and very romantic you know yeah. all of these were big deep romances of swarthy men and um, beautiful red-headed maidens mm-hmm. and um it all just fed into itself um but the big thing was uh so sir walter scott so um after the do you know do you know i don't know how deep to go into scottish <laughs> history here but do you know much about like the highland clearances 
Mm, is that when they have to clear out all the Sunday, the the spring um, inventory to make way for the summer inventory, and so everything gets marked down like fifty percent at Walmart? No, but that would be nice <laughs> if that actually happened. No, um, no. So the Highland clearances, um, it's actually a horribly devastating ah, thing in our history. Nope. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, basically. Um, after the Jacobite Rebellion, which we spoke about in The Unsung Heroes. Oh, yes. Our other foray uh, into Scottish Scotland. musical theatre. And that's about it anyway. Um, so, yeah, we spoke about that. So that was basically um, the, the kind of last hurrah mm-hmm. of Scotland trying to become its own nation uh-huh. uh, against England. Mm-hmm. Um, England won um, at the Battle of Culloden. And uh, kind of ever since then, mm-hmm. it's always been, been that way. Um, but a big part of it uh, was getting rid of all these Scottishisms, basically, mm-hmm. to try and strip Scotland of its national identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like tartan mm-hmm. was banned. Okay. Um, you know, showing uh, allegiance to your clan was banned. Okay. Um, as well as many other things. So the Highland clearances, basically what that um, became about was uh, the... I guess like proliferation of um, sheep farming mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like potato farming. Right. Okay. Because Scotland as well got affected by the Irish potato famine. Yes. Uh, and so I'm going to make sure I get back to my point successfully here. <laughs> um, but it meant a lot of families were kind of driven out of their crofts, mm-hmm. uh, driven out of their farms, um, forced to kind of go inward into the city mm-hmm. Um and kind of this idea of being Scottish, it, it, it was something we had to very much cling to because it was being stripped away from us. All, right. our, all of this heritage was being stripped away. Yeah. Um, until uh, Sir Walter Scott came along, basically. And mm-hmm. um, obviously was a very popular in- international author. Right. Um, and we had a visit from, I think it was King George, I want to say the fourth, maybe the fifth. Uh-huh. One of them, a George. Um <laughs> around Victoria's times, uh, he basically came uh, to Scotland mm-hmm. uh, and um, Sir Walter Scott was in charge of uh, basically just like celebrating it and like is in charge of like everything, almost like the master of ceremonies for this visit. Okay. Um, and what he did was basically put on this big show of tartanry and mm-hmm. this big show of um, bagpipes and all of these like essential Scottish things to make it seem very like, oh, quaint and mm-hmm. kitsch and all of this. Yeah. And really, uh-huh. that's where this all started. Got it. So there, there is certainly a feeling that a lot of this is almost, uh, it's like early tourism advertising. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, um, for example, you, you'll you know these things about Scotland that, like, every family has a tartan. Right. What clan do you belong to, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. All of that's actually kind of bullshit, to be really? honest. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's complete nonsense because... Um, and actually, weirdly enough, Outlander. Did mm. you get Outlander? Mm, I have not over seen there? it. But I know it exists. I think it does. I think it is over there. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Um Basically, it is a reasonably good representation huh. of this kind of Jacobite time um, with the Battle of Culloden and things like that. Yeah. Um, 
so because basically you 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 to show allegiance to your clan you would wear a pin ah. you know what i mean you would have an emblem or right. a flower you know uh-huh. what i mean that was how you showed allegiance to bonnie prince charlie was you wore this white flower um it was nothing to do with tartan yeah uh tartan was just it existed absolutely uh-huh. but it would just be what can you afford right um and it would be used to show that yeah you know well, what i mean so people Mm. But that's the the thing I have always wondered in seeing, you know, how many kilts and how much tartans flying around in the time periods when they say that it should exist, like in uh-huh. contemporary representation of that. And like just from a technology and weaving and dyeing standpoint, yep. that's a lot of time to spend on a lot of really fancy fabric that you're yeah. going to wear all the time. Um, um so that was the thing so they would they wouldn't necessarily wear it all the time it would it would be a ceremonial like a, thing yeah um but obviously the richer you are the richer you'd want to look right um and so colors like red and blue mm-hmm. uh would be the most expensive dyes yeah uh to, to bring in mm-hmm. and so that's what they would be wearing it would have nothing to do with the fact that oh you're a Stuart or you're a mcgregor or you're and a so mcdonald you wear this pattern it was just yeah exactly it was just uh, just a case of like just fashion. i want to have lots of red and blue yeah because i'm really rich and i want to show people that fascinating that's, that's all it would be um but yet there are hundreds of scottish people that won't know this right and they'll think oh yeah i'm wearing my family tartan yeah all that all that is is around the 19th century wow. someone was like we'll take that one yeah and then it became the family tartan. And since then, it's, it's propagated so, family. That's, that's really all it is. How do, how do Scottish people feel about, on a greater sense, this, but also just like Brigadoon? Um, yeah. Which is, you know, we've talked about um, inaccurate cultural representations yeah. for other cultures before. And, yeah. like, there's not a... From my perspective, at least, there's not a huge Scottish public outcry every time they perform Brigadoon. No. Um, and I think that that's, that's because of a number of reasons. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's because Scottish people were intensely proud. Yes. Intensely proud of our heritage. Whether it was created in the 19th century or not, mm-hmm. we're still very proud of it. Yeah. Um, and we love to celebrate it. We're very traditional. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think it's just because we're just a bit low-key. Like, we know it's pish. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We know it's trite and we know right. it's full of all of these stereotypes. Yeah. But I think all we do is just meet it with a bit of a <laughs> and a roll of the eyes. Uh-huh. Okay. That's how I certainly meet it. Yeah. And that's how a lot of, you know, my contemporaries mm-hmm. meet it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there probably are people out there who are, I would say, astonishingly against it. Mm-hmm. Um and to be honest, I would imagine there would be people who are like, we get it. Yeah. Because actually what Brigadoon has done uh-huh. is it's just put up a big old signpost in Scotland to being like, give us money. Yeah. You know I, I mean, mean? It, it is like... on, a, on, a, <laughs> on a, a certain reading, it is a tourism advertisement for Scotland. Absolutely. It's about Absolutely. two guys who go on a trip to Scotland and love it so much they need to go back. Like, yeah, that is hard. That's exactly right? it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's. I do. I find it quite interesting. So I have this weird kind of relationship with it. Mm-hmm. I must say, I'm not as big as fan as a show. Just yeah. as a show. Yeah. Um, I think for 
as an example of early integrated musical theatre, yeah, uh, it's it's quite poor, I would say, to be honest. Um, Fascinating. But I think okay. a lot of that comes from the fact that I just find it hard to listen to. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, can we? Maybe this is a good spot for a transition. But can we talk yeah. about it as a piece of integrated musical theatre? Yeah, let's do it. bold statement it was a good drum roll um can you do like a, a bagpipe roll like a drum roll but with bagpipes <coughs> what like a like a, a pipe band like <laughs> <laughs> yes but just with the bagpipe <laughs> that's great um, all right no I, I think the success of brigadoon is um like proof of the if brigadoon was not as, as successful as it was we would have lost the integrated musical. Wow. I think that, and I wager that's a bold statement. Um, I, I reasonably, but I see what you mean. Like, Brigadoon is probably number three in a line of popular integrated musicals as they exist yeah. in American musical theater. We went Oklahoma, Carousel, Brigadoon. Um, yeah. And Oklahoma and Carousel were both by... Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, and so there were, you know, the pattern was just limited to those two authors, right? Yeah. And that the integrated musical was a thing that these two kooky guys did. And either there wasn't much success with other ones or other people weren't trying it. Um, but Lerner and Lowe very decidedly wanted to imitate Rodgers and Hammerstein's success with Oklahoma yeah. and Carousel and went out <coughs> to write Brigadoon, which I would wager is also more integrated than Oklahoma and Carousel are. Yeah, you can see the the upswing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, like there uh, were all all of the songs are integrated fully. Um and there's only a couple that seem like we're just going to stop and sing about a thing right now. Yeah, you know, you don't yeah. you don't have an everything's up to date in Kansas City dance break that like never comes back and is unimportant. Um for the oh, see, for I, I the most know. part, but for the most part, yeah. Like some it, of them, it's so hard. It's it's hard to think because we need to remember this is a different time. Right, we're comparing it to two other shows. Right, you know what I mean. Like that's all we really have to compare it to. Exactly, two other shows. Yeah. Um. So yes, no, I I I, I yeah. would agree with you. And like even things like my mother's wedding day and like yes. some of the which still kind of stand out as these novelty songs are still explicitly woven into the plot. Yes. And so I think, you know, there's, I don't know the exact saying, but like, do it once and it's an accident, do it twice and it's a pattern. And Brigadoon is the twice because yeah. we're coming off of Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, yep. And I think that is why 
that's why we're talking about this show, I think, because it is important in the transition to the integrated musical. And I think yeah. even more than Oklahoma and Carousel defines some of those tenets of the integrated musical, like an exposition song sung by the community to tell you where we're at. Um, yep. You can tell they worked really hard to play with <coughs> the order we're going to introduce uh, salient plot elements at the beginning. Like, uh-huh. it starts out with Brigadoon, and we yep. talk about the two weary hunters who don't say much of anything before we immediately go learn about the town. And, like, Absolutely. Co- come to the fair, which is, you know, who cares, right? It's just to introduce that these are the people who live in this town, and then we go back to the hunters. Um, yep. And, like, that sort of pattern and that sort of attention to plot and exposition through music is yep. something we see all the time now in contemporary musical theater. Yeah. Um, but is new around now. Absolutely. I, I think I must, to give to give Brigham in its plaudits, I think McConaughey Square mm-hmm. is, like, at, way ahead of its time. I know it sounds yes. so silly. But, like, it really, really is, because yeah. it is your proper yeah. scene-setting song. Oh, yeah. That, you know, by the time the 60s rolled around, became a standard. Oh, yeah. Everyone. Uh, I mean, just look at Beauty and the Beast. Like the yeah. you know bonjour like this is an explicit pattern that has been copied over and over in pieces of musical theater that absolutely brigadoon just kind of stumbled upon totally because it you know it wasn't there it wasn't there in oklahoma no. it's not really there in carousel it's this was the first time where it was like here we are we are the people here's examples of the people right this is you know, what we do i'm i'm not an important feel. character but i'm gonna sing a little ditty about can't put the milk back in the cow to let you know that yeah. this is a funny piece and here's how the people act in this world absolutely absolutely and it really is a great way to set up the show because it shows you all of the locations that you'll be seeing for the yep. rest of the, the, the day yep um it introduces you to all the characters, the dynamics. You see, oh, everyone's just a lovely place to be. Yep. Not much bad is going on here. Like, it's and, it's great. And it sets you up well because it puts you in uh, Jeff and Tommy's shoes because yep. you're introduced to this place from a time forgotten. And then you, the audience member, presumably modern American, are coming into it the same way Jeff and Tommy are with maybe just a little more information, maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah. But then it sets up a mystery. Like it does so many good like plot development things that musicals hadn't seen before. You know, even just yeah, exactly. even just that concept of a mystery in a show. You know, there's no mystery in Oklahoma. There's no mystery in Carousel. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. But I think good musicals thrive on some form of mystery, some form of uh-huh. these, these reveals that are going to come in a bit. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So um, anyway, no, yeah. I I, t- I would one hundred percent give it its plaudits for that. Yeah, Brigadoon, the second and more important integrated musical. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I think you know, listening to it, especially if you listen to like the original recording, mm-hmm. you'll think this must have been created in like the nineteen tens. Yes, like, it sounds you know so. I mean? It was old. written by Alexander Hamilton himself. <laughs> like it, it's just it. Um, it feels really, really dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why I find it difficult because it's one of those things, Oklahoma yeah. has like 40 cast recordings and a lot of them are great. Right. Um, same with Carousel. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> whereas Brigadoon, it's got like one or two. And they're not great. And they're really, they're not that great. And yeah. I think that's a shame yeah. because obviously this is the main way that I see Right, shows. It's how you, you know experience I mean? it's it. through the yeah. cast recordings. Yeah. Uh, 
and so it's a shame that that's the um, you know my kind of initial exposure to it. it it's nice in a like nostalgic way and i'm like mm-hmm. oh very pretty but i can't connect it i can't like right. musically analyze it as well yeah um yeah which i, I think find that's a shame i find interesting that there aren't because i think brigadoon is easier to sell to a contemporary audience than something like carousel or oklahoma um, yeah i i think brigadoon because it you know it's a half sci-fi time traveling piece um, yeah it will always feel out of time whereas right okay oklahoma and carousel f- feel dated yeah because they're very much fixed in their time yeah that's that is a tricky thing isn't it because you know? obviously you know you could you could effectively try and set brigadoon today yeah i mean as we discussed the goodman did um or attempted to yeah uh-huh. um like you would, only have would... to update two characters for it to be set today <clears throat> yeah i never thought about that that's quite interesting yeah that's smart it's really it's a really clever way to write a show and i think will prevent it from ever feeling like a period piece in its core plot um yeah it also, I think, kind of avoids a lot, not all, but a lot of the pitfalls that make, that, you know, contemporary audiences would find offensive or less politically correct that some other yeah. musicals of the time fall into. Um, there's an argument to be made about uh, weddings and betrothments and, you know, t- some portrayal of women. But even there, there's not, you know, there's strong female characters in this. Simplistic, certainly. Um, yeah but they're not you know well so it it kind of feeds into is this like can we segue already let's segue already Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, do you know what's really sad about this? There's huh. going to be so much music from Brigadoon in this one. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't like the music uh. in this show. Oh, no, it's fine. I but think it's some just... of it's very pretty. Yeah, you would. I don't think it's... <laughs> it's because you live in Brigadoon and you have to listen to this music every day, right? I have to listen to the accents. Yeah. That's what I have to do. That's really what it is. The ah, yes. Um, Dinner, you know... Oh, oh, God. I just can't. <laughs> you 
can't exactly the thing like that's very very accurate brigadoon work you're doing there um anyway let's segue i forgot where we're saying oh yeah okay so you right okay i'm not this isn't going to turn into one of our huge feminist rants this was the 1940s right they really didn't know any better yeah um the women you know are pretty damn awful yes but um if you you know you've got someone like meg um Mm -hmm. who you could kind of think oh she's you know in control of herself sexually right um but to be honest she's almost more of a like one of these tartanry uh style characters yeah. of like ah this the scottish wild woman right do you yes. know what i mean she lives at the, the seragina from nine yeah you know, she lives out in the wilds and, and oh she'll tack your virginity right being, I don't exactly know. no but that and her <sighs> my mother's wedding day you know like i should know because i was there like there's lots of that characterization painted into it Yes. Um, I mean, all she really wants for the whole show is a shag. Right. Yeah. And (laughs) it is funny because you see the trope of this song um, in a lot of musicals of the era. Like, what is it in Annie Get Your Gun? Um, I can't say no. Um, Yeah. No, that's Oklahoma. But Oklahoma. Yeah. There's one in Annie Get Your Gun, too, that I can't remember the name of right now. Um, But you you see this kind of like, oh, yep. I'm a, I'm a loose woman. Isn't that funny? Um, exactly. In... And it is. It's the Mae West character that you laugh yeah, at. Exactly. Jenny. Um, uh... It's definitely... No, I, I, I'm making assumptions, but I don't think any female author would write a female character like that. No. <laughs> this... I think they'd have a little bit more depth than yes. just no, these... desperately want to shag these, in the woods. These are <laughs> characters created by men. Um, yeah. Yep. And that's the thing, you know, you, the, the whole scope you have is you've got one woman who's desperately searching for a husband, mm-hmm. one woman who's getting married, and one who's just desperately looking for sex. Right. And she's the silly one. Like, that's it. That's your women. Yeah, exactly. And um, they're all, you know, falling in love very quickly. As, exactly. As is every other character in the show. To, to yeah. Equality's credit, Tommy also falls stupid quickly in love. Like, yes, okay. he is your little romantic boy kind yes. of thing. That yeah. kind of vibe. Um, but right, so mm-hmm. I want to talk about... Uh-huh. Um, well, actually, you. I want you to make your point here about um, coded gay characters. Ah, yes. Jeff Douglas. to start with that. Yeah. I, this, I remember having this thought watching Brigadoon in 6th or 7th grade when I went to go see it. Jeff yeah. Douglas is a coded gay character in musical theater. And because we're so early in contemporary American musical theater, this might be the first example of a a truly out-and-out coded gay character. Um, Jeff, you can read this entire story with Jeff being, um, having an unrequited crush on Tommy, being, having a drinking problem, because he can't deal with it, being yep. upset that Tommy has a fiance and yep. is straight, traveling on a boy's trip out to go hunting in Scotland with like some, you know, perhaps deeply seated fantasy that something might happen or spark between them. And yep. his whole world gets thrown upside down because even here in the most remote reaches of Scotland where there shouldn't be anything on the map, Tommy still finds a girl to fall in love with. And he becomes so distraught over this and, you know, spurns all of Meg's advances that 
he turns back to drinking and accidentally shoots what's his face in the tree. Um, yeah. Like, it is a coded gay story. There's one line he has when uh, Meg brings him up to the the, sh- the the shag shack or whatever it is. Um, we'll call it that. Yeah. Like that. Um, uh, Meg says, all you men are alike. And he says in that joking way, I should certainly hope so. Um, <laughs> right? Like, there's a yeah. way to craft so many things he says as the, you know, the foppish, wisecracking gay character. Um, uh-huh. I I would be... It would, you, it would be difficult to convince me that this was not intentional. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the only one I would say, the only reason I would say is because I don't think either Fritz Lowe or Alan Lerner were gay. No. To my knowledge, I'm not an expert on them. As far, I don't I, think they were. I have done just more than the normal person's <laughs> amount of reading on these things. As far as I know, they weren't gay in that kind of, you know closeted way that people were in the 40s Uh, yeah uh uh-huh but certainly they existed in those circles um definitely um yeah i do find it really because like say this is so early like you know when you've got your like donald Mm o'connors and singing in the rain yeah the time that comes along you almost expect it right uh but the the one thing i would say that makes me think Mm mm-hmm otherwise Mm -hmm. is just because he like jeff is in no way a villain okay and a lot of the time Uh, these uh, characters are written like uh the devil uh, in um uh damn yankees damn yankees yeah just that is often often the way it is like they are the they have a bad or there's something bad in them. Well, I mean, Jeff is certainly not someone to be idolized in this show. You know, he's he's a vice filled atheist. Um, yeah, that's true. Like he's you're certainly supposed to like you're not supposed to sympathize with Jeff in uh, surface reading. Um, you know, he's yeah, he's he also, he, it's almost like the ugh Jeff. Right. Like, he, he's deeply flawed for no good reason. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, he's constantly kind of bitter yeah. and sassy. Yeah. And isn't doesn't ever really seem happy right. at any point in the show. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'll give you that. It It is, you know, and who knows how much authorial intent there is behind these things. There's a good chance that Lerner and Lowe were modeling this character over someone they knew who, uh-huh. you know, may or may not have been gay, and the intent wasn't to, you know, make the character gay, but was just a copy of these same things, right? Yep. Um, but I, the coincidences keep mounting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, well, this is, this is where I want to... I've teased this before in another podcast, and this uh-huh. is where I kind of want to get into it. Uh-huh. So I actually think this musical has a lot more external influence to it Um than I think you would maybe first realize, um, and I think that the kind of coded, the coded gay character it, it opens up this kind of tunnel, I guess, uh-huh. of of ideas. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> now this was written post-war. Yes. Very early post-war, um, and you know, drums were starting to begin about the Cold War. Mm-hmm and communism mm-hmm. and the mccarthy era which yes. obviously didn't really start kicking in until well, 
It's probably it's probably right around there. Um, Let me just have a look. Like nine- no, well, there you go, lasting roughly from 1947 to 1956. So we're, we're yeah, well, right about there. We're the yeah. the the beginnings of it. Definitely, and the thing is, is so um, the 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 rumblings will be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, now it just so happens that uh, Lerner and Lowe, um, the produce and the producers of uh, Brigadoon mm-hmm. and the director Agnes de Mille, um, were in a kind of group mm-hmm. you know a little cohort that they had um one of which i can't remember his name which is crap one basically one of their friends ended up becoming a whistleblower mm-hmm. um and gave a lot of names just like we talked about with jerome robbins right um to in the, in the mccarthy hearings and that united a lot of the group so it's interesting that that was there in their friendship group. now i am not yeah. saying that Lerner and Lowe and all of them, yeah, because they were they were very liberal. This right. was the thing they were. They were probably suspected themselves at points of yeah. of being communists. Yeah. Um, but if I just feel like if it was there, the conversations would be being had, and yeah. just the general feeling. Yeah. Um. Basically, I uh-huh. do think uh-huh. Brigadoon. This is a bold and wild statement, but uh-huh. there's stuff there. I think Brigadoon is like mild. Um. McCarthyist propaganda. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, what the the school teacher's story, like our our town, we knew the witches were coming to bring their ill upon Brigadoon, and so the preacher went out in order to protect us from. So this is it. Yeah, yeah. the whole story is about protection yeah. and keeping what's true and what's wonderful and glorious because the thing is Mm -hmm. there's not really right so in this whole show there's not really an antagonist right Um, there's not like a visible antagonist yeah and i'll get to the the kind of only example of that in a second right um the only major threat Uh is the outside world right yeah right um, with these witches that they've made up. That's a pile of pish, by the way. We don't really... That, like, the witch trials happened <laughs> yeah, way no. before it's called. No, what what actually did happen uh-huh. uh, at this time was what I was talking about with the Highland clearances right. and the stripping away. That that If they just said that... We're going to pr- protect us from the British. Um, right. Like... <laughs> but instead it was, oh, the witches. Ooh. Right. Oh, no. yeah. Um, anyway, so that's like the big threat. Uh-huh. Um, and the main theme is... Stay in Brigadoon. Right. It's good to be in Brigadoon. Yeah. Love being in Brigadoon. And be be embrace the community. If one exactly. person exits the community, we're all done for. Exactly. Um and so you just have to look to that one person who tries. Right. Um, Harry Beaton, who isn't really an antagonist because no. he doesn't do that much. Yeah. It, a he doesn't do that much, um, right. but B so he is there. He is in love uh-huh. with the woman who is getting married on this day. Yeah, that they're, they're celebrating. Yeah, um, and but one of the big things about him, and this is what really makes me think it's propaganda, uh-huh. is that Harry's uh, during the the fete, the mm-hmm. fete, mm-hmm. Um, he is at the side reading. Yes, he's and he's pouring over his books he's, because he's, he's an intellectual learning he's gaining knowledge and exactly yeah. yeah he is an intellectual and that yeah. very much so was a suspicious thing right and when the mccarthy hearings started coming in yeah they looked to the intellectuals yeah because they thought they were homosexuals and commies right um these people who were very much book smart that weren't getting involved in the celebrations 
who were trying to pour it and find out, you know, stuff about the other world. Right. The rest of the world, sorry. Um, <clears throat> and so here he was, this character who sticks completely out from everyone else. Right. Because he's just like sitting in his books. Right. Um, he's the only one that's made out to be this antagonist. And eventually he's the one that's like, well, screw you all. I'm yeah. getting out of here. Yeah. And he, he dies. Now, this is another, what I think, uh-huh. key point. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going to bring in Oklahoma here. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think Oklahoma is McCarthy's propaganda. <laughs> that has not been said. Okay. Um, but one of the things, so one of the kind of key factors of musicals at this era mm-hmm. are um, people didn't, people weren't murdered. Right. It's an accident. It's an accident. Because you can't have that. It's a musical. It's a musical. Right. Right. We can't have murder. Yeah. Um, and that's very crucial. So uh, Jeff, who's mm-hmm. the one responsible for Harry's death, doesn't right. kill him. Right. Responsible for Harry's death, uh, just trips Harry up. And then Harry falls and hits his head in a rock right. and dies. Yes. Um, in Oklahoma, uh, there was a struggle between right. um, Curly, and, Curly and, Judd, and Judd. But Judd fell on his own knife. Right. Yes. Very important that Curly did not kill Judd. Right. No. Uh, that would be too and malicious. Jeff yeah, exactly. And Jeff did not kill Harry because they would be then they would be villains. Right. Because we can't be doing with murder. Right. But they stopped the bad guy. Yeah. They stopped the bad guy and saved it is saved everyone. And so let's rejoice. Let's sing right. about my mother's wedding day. Yeah. Well, so here's here's the thing. I saw this, it was a an unsighted review in an article about Brigadoon. Um Yep. But some reviewer described parts of Brigadoon as being a closet horror story, um, uh-huh. which I thought was a fascinating lens through which to view Brigadoon. Yep. Um, like, you're trapped in this town that you can never leave, that yeah. is, like, stuck in the old ways, and everyone in the town is going to try and murder you if you try to leave. Yeah. It's a horror story. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. but we're, we're set up to kind of praise and celebrate that. Um, yeah. and you know, to be like, Oh, I hope he, I hope he doesn't get out. We will feel so bad if everyone else disappears, um, in this very exactly. loosely defined mythos of this world anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, well, that's the thing. It's like, how do they know that they're getting married? They've been God. asleep for a hundred years no, or whatever. It's all, been. yeah, we we should talk about that too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. but so that, I just think, yeah, fascinating that in this intensely Scottish, in inverted commas, tale... Right. Uh, ...lies this huge piece. And I think that's it. It's that Trojan horse kind of vibe. Right. You're wheeling this out to people as, as this, like, look at this beautiful, mythical, fantasy world. Right. And we all know that all the best fantasies have this layer... Right. ...of pure propaganda underneath them. Yeah. That's how you feed it. That's how you get the message out. Yeah. You tell a fairy and, tale. Exactly, and I don't doubt it. And when the movie was made... Oh, yes. Because we know for a fact the Free Unit was heavily involved in this. They were trying so hard to demonstrate that that they were patriots, right? Exactly. And so, when this movie gets made, yeah. like, the oh, the marketing that went alongside this movie... They changed the name of a town. Really? To Brigadoon. Yeah, I, I think it was in Maryland. That. They changed the name of a town. Um <laughs> You know, it was like rolled out. They had very intensely prescribed yeah. marketing. Yeah. Um, making bagpipes because they really wanted to propagate this. Right. All the way through um, and make it kind of ingrained in America. And people lapped it up. 
Yeah. People absolutely lapped it up. Um, and I do not doubt for a single jot of a second that that's what this is. I really, really believe it. Yeah. I'd love to write an essay on it one day. I think, because... it's, I think it's fascinating. And I think it, mm. it also speaks to... I would, I would be interested to see then the portrayal of, in quotes, America in this musical, in that whole thing. Because um, mm-hmm. I think it's, they portray at least Jeff and Tommy's America as a not so great place, um, especially in the movie, right? In yeah. contrast to Brigadoon, you know, yeah. so much so that they want to go back. Like, it's an awful, fast-moving, talking, lying and cheating smoking and drinking kind of you know it's a bar in new york um yes and not that i think that derails the mccarthyism um Uh the undertones right but it is interesting to to you know to slot that in and think about like are, are we trying to embrace a more colonial america a more you know a a past tense of america yeah well uh uh-huh. It like, is. It's, it's the Make America Great Again. Right. No, it, absolutely. Like, I think there is an interesting, like, while I enjoy Brigadoon, I think some of its uh, moral underpinnings, if there are any, um, are scary. Um, yeah. Right? Like, why? I just think it's a very intense story. Yeah. They never give a reason of, like, why we should embrace the old days. Right? Yep. The witches might be coming. That's about it. Um, that's it there's no reason you know and clearly everyone's getting along just fine um but so is everyone in new york they're but they're painted in a negative light um you know it is it all just kind of happens there's no good reason for tommy to fall in love with brigadoon um you know for him to like he's he's in love with brigadoon and the idea of it but he's not in love with scotland um he's you know no exactly doesn't have exactly. that feeling when they're wandering in the highlands outside of brigadoon i completely agree that's it you know he doesn't talk about the fact that oh it's just the hills though like they're so lovely i could totally see me living here right. it's just fiona right that's the only thing that he's fussed about is being right. with Fiona. And why? Why? Like, they fall in love wordlessly. It's And, like, this is a very musical theater trope, especially for the time. You know, mm-hmm. love at first sight, blah, 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 who cares? And Fiona's not given a really good chance to demonstrate why you should fall in love with her because um, no. it's an awful female character written by a man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still, nothing... And then they dance. and They pick flowers, they dance. It's almost like being in love. He falls head over heels for her. So much yeah. so that, like, he's ready to you know, chase down and defend the town and then needs to come back. And like, he's got a fiance back home. Um, yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. I found the problematic parts of this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They're, they're there. They're yeah. really, really there. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting because it's so bloody popular. Yeah. And it has had a serious impact. Yeah. Um, and, that's the segue.
Oh, that was beautiful. Um, so I do quickly, I want to talk, it's weird, I, again, we didn't think there'd be much, but I feel like we still got another hour in us. Um, no, I do quickly quickly want to talk about um, a bit of the impact that it's had okay. um, worldwide. Because, uh, so do you know who um, Sir Harry Lauder is? I do not. He, You've seen Hey Mr. Producer. I have. Yep, he has a his musical Lauder exclamation mark. Oh god, uh, has a, a slight feature at the start. It's the one with all the bagpipes. Oh okay, yes, 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 yes. Right. Yes. Um. So Harry Lauder was uh, a Scottish vaudevillian. Okay. Basically, um, internationally again, internationally acclaimed, internationally renowned, and brought this lovely kitsch, uh-huh. uh, twee version of Scotland. Okay. Um. That we had been building up for for about a hundred years uh-huh. <clears throat> to America into the vaudeville circuit uh-huh. um, with these lovely twee songs, uh-huh. um, and that paved the way for the music in Brigadoon. And this, so this is one of the reasons why I find it very hard to listen to, mm-hmm. and why I think a lot of the songs mm-hmm. don't feel integrated. Yes, okay. Because I've heard all of these songs mm-hmm. sung by Harry Lauder, yeah. by Tommy Scott, by a lot of these Scottish. They're not even, they're not folk artists. They're, they're almost, I don't know. It's like a manufactured folk art. It's like. Yeah, but it's, there's no folk element to it. That's, it's, it's right. just, it's just twee. Yeah. It's, it's, a, I mean? it's a, it's, it's kitsch. It's not. It's very, yeah. It's, it's tartanry. Right. It's the songs they're singing aren't the songs that were passed down mm. to them from their grandmothers. Exactly. Like I could sing you four or five songs now that are just in the Scottish vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um that you could probably think were from Brigadoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just in terms of the way that they lilt. Um, yeah. And just in terms of what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So songs like um, My Mother's Wedding Day mm-hmm. or Go Home to Bonnie Jean mm-hmm. um, are, to me, just pure, unadulterated copies uh-huh. of people like Harry Lauder. Uh-huh. Um, but... That's what that's, that's that is what we are exporting, right? Harry Lauder is Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it, he it, is a representation out there. It becomes genuine just because of its existence, but there is a tinge of like ungenuineness to it, or it's like yeah, it starts to feel like a photocopy of a photocopy. Um, yeah, because we sing these songs in school, not these, not from Brigadoon, right? But uh, you know these other little like you know, oh, you can't shove your granny off a bus. <laughs> You know, I mean, the Julie Peace song. Uh-huh. I'm just going to quote all these so I can put them all in the show notes, basically. Um, yeah, all of these songs that we just know and we just sing. Yeah. Just because they're a part of your, your culture, quote unquote. But, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Brigadoon has had, like, quite an immense impact mm-hmm. in that response. Yeah. Um, which I find interesting because... I. How? Right. <laughs> I mean, like, how? Yeah. How is this one show? Even um, something like Brave. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right? the, the, it's like, it's got a Scottish patina, mm-hmm. but it is manufactured. Patina Miller? <laughs> no, what a patina. Mean? Do you not know what, like when. I've never heard of that before. Really? Like when brass gets kind of like gross and muddy as it ages or like how the statue of liberty used to be 
uh, copper, copper, but now has like a, a, a green patina over all of it. We call that oxidization, actually, <laughs> over here, because that's what it is. No, okay, yeah, I get, I get it. Grime, like a, grime, a veneer, uh, yes. a, a thin layer of Scottish over really just a manufactured western existence yeah totally because that's the thing is like again brave there's a few more authentic yeah. elements in there yeah um but it's just it's just got all the traits yeah. of brigadoon but they've well, just taken a lot of the red out of the tartan so like this is this is something i find fascinating though because as described we are also t talking about the basic structure of something like the king and i which I will be first to say is like explicitly racist and insensitive <laughs> towards, totally. you know, a generic kind of pastiche of Eastern culture. Um, yep. And is like a, an awful Western interpretation of that. Yep. Brigadoon somehow kind of like, and maybe just because it's Scottish and Western, I don't know, but like snuck under that yeah. distaste. Um, and maybe it's because it is also embraced by Scottish culture in a weird way. Yep. Um, but there, you know, we're only a couple steps from Brigadoon being a really offensive depiction, inaccurate depiction of Scottish culture. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think it, it, I think it does just come from the fact that a lot of our history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of our history is relatively manufactured for yeah. the tourist trade. Right. Do you know what I mean? So we almost, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like, oh, we can't really say anything against it because this exotica that it's presenting is making us a lot of money. Right. I, I think that must be it. Yeah. I, th I feel like that's it. Yeah. I also think it, uh, well, I don't know. Um, you tell me. Because the thing is, is like, you know, there's no one in Thailand that will be like, Oh, without the king and I, we'd have no one. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I do think perhaps this manufactured Scottish tourism culture does kind of evade some of the, like, looking down upon its people traps that in other places that's not evaded. Like, in if you took the Brigadoon depiction of Scotland, save yeah. for, you know, Meg, the 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 wee Scottish lass, the swarthy maiden, right? Yep. Um, and even then, like offensive, certainly, but n we're not. Oh, she's still fabulous, right? She's still great you know and in mean? control, and fab. like we're not calling her simple-minded or dumb per no, se. No, not at all. Whereas not in all. some of these others, it's like, oh yes, look, you know, look at the simplistic native people of this land in exactly. whatever land that is. This man can't speak English, <laughs> right? Uh, um, yeah. Whereas in Scotland, in in that kind of depiction of Scotland, there's not, a, like, these people have a culture and a society and, you know, uh, civility as depicted, um, which I think sidesteps the potential for it to be offensive. But only just. Only yeah. just. Yeah. It's interesting, because that's the thing. It's like, if you said to me, is it offensive? I'd be like, yeah. I'd, I'd find it hard to say yes. Yeah. Because there are there are some things that are quite accurate. For example, and this is something that never really gets talked about in Brigadoon, uh -huh. uh -huh. but it's probably one of my favorite bits is uh, the funeral. Mm -hmm. The funeral is very accurate. Yeah, not that, that isn't how we have our funerals. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but um, the the music, yeah. the music written for the funeral with the bagpipe, yeah, uh, is very accurate and like 
that is to me is like that's authentic Scottish folk right there. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean that's what? Yeah. To me, I would be like, is there right. a heritage? Yeah. You know, you can hear that ringing through the Glen. Uh-huh. I need to talk about the word Glen as well. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can. You know, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that makes it makes me feel uh-huh. ah yes, yeah, Scotland proud. Yeah. Um, not go home to Bonnie Jean. Right. Um, but it's quite funny because it, that never really gets talked. No. About. You, I mean, in, in kind of any of the the, the reviews that I've read. Yeah across the years yeah no one really acknowledges that bit and i'm like well to me that's it that's the, that's the one bit that they've that got seems authentic uh-huh um and apparently quite interesting um uh um fritz Lowe uh-huh. uh was really frustrated that he had to write it um because <clears throat> originally there i don't think there was going to be any death mm-hmm. um in the whole show, yeah. but uh, I think it was the director and Agnes DeMille uh, basically came together and were like, someone needs to die. Uh, <laughs> but basically, they were just like, it's too, yeah. it's too, it's too lovey-dovey. It's just too yeah. romantic. Yeah. There needs to be a darker shade to it um, because that's the way musicals were headed nowadays. Right. Um, and so when they came to Fritz Lowe and being like, listen, yeah. he needs to die. Yeah. Um, he was really frustrated because he had to write this kind of like melancholic, yeah, like funeral uh, dirge, dirgy funereal thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm really glad that he did because it's lovely. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's very. It's really, really lovely. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what's your view of bagpipes? Um, I mean, I'm very Irish, so bagpipes have been a big part of my life too. Um, <laughs> you think I'm joking? <laughs> okay. Pause, rewind. I'm very Irish. Obviously, I know you have an Irish name. Uh-huh. O'Malley, everyone. <laughs> Thomas O'Malley. Thomas O'Malley, exactly. Yep. Um, but what? How, how have you interacted with that heritage? So there is a gigantic um, Ir- Chicago-Irish contingent. Huge. Um, that... Who who knows culturally why? I'm sure it has. To, I'm sure it has to do with the potato famine. Um, and oh yeah, that was uh, that was why everybody left. Immigrants yeah. to America and a bunch of them set up camp basically on the south side of Chicago. Um, yeah, not the kind of Chirac south side of Chicago, but there's another part there. Like there's a parade called the South Side Irish Parade um, that happens on St. Patrick's Day. They dye the river green in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, um, of course they do, and it is. But- it is certainly a manufactured American ideal of yeah. being Irish, um, but it's still there's still still plenty of like attached culture there. Um, so that's interesting. So you do actually connect with that's authentic yeah. Irish culture in some way. Yeah. Do you feel a part of that? Uh, th- I mean, I feel like it has been a part of my existence. Um, okay. You know, I wouldn't like. I don't describe myself as Irish. Uh, right. Okay. Out, out of this yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of context, um, but like I have plenty of relatives and grandparents who have like gone back to Ireland and like you know right. found old relatives and went to old grave sites and like there's a big you know I I think it is a manufactured Irish Catholic thing um, uh-huh. about like your heritage and where you come from and you know similar to having a, the tartan of your clan. Um, yeah. 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 Right. Um, but yeah, you like w- I can track back my family tree all the way through 
people who came over from Ireland on both sides of my family, my right. mom and my dad's side. Okay. Um, so bagpipes have been a big part of my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Um, so I, I love them. I think I think they can be very nice. I think they are more visceral in person. Um, you know, I yeah. would. I I think something about the loudness of a bagpipe in person or like a marching bagpipe band uh-huh. is very different than say listening to recorded bagpipe music. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's just so stirring. But yeah. so, are you listening to bagpipes? This is such a strange topic of conversation. <laughs> are you listening to bagpipes? In, so when you're doing it in person, yeah, are these Scottish or Irish people that are playing them? Uh, yes, probably. I didn't okay, ask them because they have bagpipes in their mouths. Um, because now the thing is, a bagpipe can be played badly. Oh yes, a bag a bagpipe can be played badly, and I do. So the other way <laughs> I encounter bagpipes, um, both. My uh, Chicago school that I work for and my current school that I work for, uh, bagpipes are a surprisingly big part of some ceremony in America. Um, like our graduation was led by a bagpiper. Um, I've been to a couple funerals where the casket is led by a bagpiper. Um, like that's a it's a thing, not because of any particular heritage, but just because it makes it feel more ceremonial. I don't know why. That's fascinating. Isn't that, that is fascinating? That's so weird. Right? That is really weird to me. And one of the things I was thinking when I was watching Brigadoon, there is like a, a bagpiper set list um, that's like six different songs. Yeah, right. That one, whatever that is. And I think there is so much more variety available in bagpiping and would love to hear something other Oh, yeah. I'll slam you some great stuff in the show notes. Yeah. No, like I think. Bag, which is fun about Brigadoon because they are incorporating bagpipes into a larger orchestral sound, um, yep. which doesn't happen as often. Um, you know, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of pipers and drums, or just one piper. Um, yep. And I really enjoy it integrated, and it really I think it classes up the instrument a little more. Um, yeah. But there's something fun about a bagpipe in in that there's something fun about a bugle um, that like. Uh-huh. You can play it on a hill and hear it for miles, and it's yeah. built that way, um, which I think is cool. You know, it, yeah. it 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 does make it seem old timey and visceral, and plenty of that's manufactured. Um, but you know, bagpipes were made to be heard from miles away. Well, is uh, that their war cry? I think it right. dates back to like the 1600s. That is something that's that's a part of our history. Yeah, you know. Um, when we were fighting at uh-huh. the Battle of Culloden, uh-huh. we would have had pipes there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To to, to be intimidating. Right. That's just in the same way that they would have the bugles yeah. in uh, the Civil War. Exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's just, it was just a big part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, really love them. I think, uh, I, I, I almost, it's, it's weird. I want to like go through a list of things and be like, what are your opinions on these? <laughs> On these. Um, I think this will probably. I would like this to be one of our big discussions on Reddit this this time around. Okay, is just like uh, U.S. Obviously, we have listeners outside the U.S. and I realize we've got listeners in Scotland, England, everything like that. Right. Um, but asking mostly like the U.S. listeners, mm-hmm. like, what is your perception yeah. of Scotland? Well, it is. Because, I mean, you know this, we encounter this all the time, but, like, the bizarre cultural differences that we don't know about between the United States and Scotland Mm. until we start talking about them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, things things like what were we talking about the other day where you didn't know how far north Colorado was? Um, yes. And like how it affects the weather and the time of day. Um, yes. Or that like w- <laughs> when we looked up, you can fit three Scotlands inside of my entire state. Um, yeah. Like just some interesting perception differences um, that I find fascinating. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, so it's, it might be difficult because you know me and I, I've spoken a lot. But, like, what are what would you say are your perceptions of Scotland? Hmm. Interesting. I, and the Scottish people. And the Scottish people. I, yeah. And I, I don't mind you being, like, you won't yeah. offend me. Well, I think we've talked about a bunch of them because, and, like, this is where I don't know if they are through talking with you or through, you know, Brigadoon. Um, uh-huh. But, like, I do get the sense of Scotland as, like, a, a proud people in a different way than, like, America is patriotic, right? Um, yes. Like, I think America is patriotic just because, um, you know, because you must be in the flag and eagles and whatever. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, there there is an identity associated with American proudness, whereas I think the Scottish identity is proudness. Um and like a, a non-braggarty kind of proudness. Um, I so what I would almost relate it to, and I don't know if it's a bit close to the bone, uh-huh. but I would compare Scottish pride to Native American pride. Yeah, I I I see that. It's like a pride of the land. Yeah, it's a pride of the world that we live in. It's yeah. not a pride. Like, that's why that's why it's not called patriotism. Right. Yeah, because, because we're not. There's no father there. Exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah. It's, well, it would be a mother if anything because scotland is a scotland female, is, you know what i mean right the like from the mother earth from the, yeah the motherland from like all those imagery exactly. notations exactly and I, I think that rings very true especially if we're talking in the differences between the two because mm-hmm. you know americans have no leg to stand on when talking about our land and our country because right. it's, <laughs> it's not this land um, is your land yeah is it nope we <laughs> stole it um we stole every bit of it um literally every bit of it and so yeah. there's no you can't have that kind of pride that you have in scotland where like literally you were born out of the woods um you know you were there as long as anyone can remember and even before that and so mm-hmm. there is no then your origin story becomes a myth Right. Um, yeah. Which I think is the popularity of something like Brigadoon, true or not, is that uh-huh. it, it paints this picture. You know, I think I'm I'm more versed in this in Ireland. But if you don't yeah. mind me drawing too close of a comparison. No, we're, um, we're very similar. Like we're very we're all Celts. Yes. The, like the wee people and the leprechauns and the myth, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, like and the fairies in the woods and whatever. Yeah. But there is that sense of like. This is a mystical and important land that has sustained us, that we've lived on forever. Um, And, you know, we're proud of it. We take care of it. um, And it's all we've got. Um, Yeah. Which I think, from my perspective, would inform a lot of Scottish culture. Yeah. I would give you that. Totally. And that's the thing is, like, we are are very proud. We are... um, We're very we take a lot of things very seriously mm-hmm. is is like relaxed as we are and that is a big thing as well we're very laid back mm-hmm. um it is i feel like it is a stereotype that oh everyone in scotland's lovely and welcoming yes that's actually just i would say very tr- true yeah um and that's why you know with things like uh brexit happening mm-hmm. um it, it's not a represent like 
it's it's created a big conversation in Scotland because Scotland, right. technically, and this will get me a lot of beef, but that's fine. Um, Scotland technically didn't vote for Brexit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at Scotland, if you look at the demographics of how the vote yeah, came out, yeah, pretty much everyone said no. Yeah, and but just because of our, the way the votes are weighted and everything like that, yeah, it, it went through. Um, because we are like you know we are very staunchly pro-immigrant and yeah. pro... That, that was the thing I was going to say of, like, even of just Western, quote-unquote, countries, whether we're talking mm-hmm. Europe or America or mm. Canada, um, I do think Scotland reads as decidedly non-xenophobic in a way yeah. that's different from even, like, England. Um, oh, completely, completely. Right? And, um, and, and that speaks to that welcomingness and friendliness... <laughs> And I couldn't tell you where that's come from. Yeah. No idea. But that is, def- is definitely a thing. Um, but we're also, you know, like, we are quite big drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And right. it, that's, again, like, going to America, that was something I found. Because I was like, we, we, we just kind of, we do kind of just drink all the time. Yeah. Um, that isn't really the same <laughs> elsewhere. No. no, it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and but it's a very social thing, and right. uh, there's a lot of like ritual to it as well. Yeah. Um. If you think, of, for example, so for our Hogmanay, mm. do you know what Hogmanay is? Nope. So Hogmanay is what we call um like New Year's. Okay. It's not the um, the town next to Hogwarts. It's not. It's not. Damn. But I can't tell you where that is. I do know, obviously, <laughs> being Scottish, I know exactly where Hogwarts is. Obviously. But unfortunately. Right. You'll understand. It only yeah. appears once every hundred years. Um... <laughs> once every hundred years, yeah. <laughs> Gene Kelly goes and falls in love. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, Hogmanay. Um, we've got loads of traditions around this. Uh-huh. Um, and there's still traditions that we buy into. I buy into them yeah. every, every year. Uh, where we have this thing called uh, first footing. Okay. Um, so first footing is uh, after midnight. Uh-huh. Um you go to a neighbor's house mm-hmm. or friend's house um, and you would bring them uh, three things. Uh-huh. Well, first of all, you would need a tall, dark and handsome man. <laughs> of course. To bring them. Of That's course. he has, which is often me. <laughs> Naturally. My beautiful dark hair. Um, <laughs> you would need to bring coal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would need to bring whiskey. Okay. And you would need to bring a thing called black bun. Black bun? Black bun, which is a, a sort of a treacle uh, fruit cake encased in a short crust, pa- short crust pastry. Okay. Really, really nice. Very yeah. rich. Yeah, it sounds um, super rich. And it's just to represent having a year of sustenance and uh-huh. warmth and merriment. Huh. Um, and it's, I st- still do it. Yeah. St- do you know what I mean, how archaic is that? Right. But it's, but and, and it's fun. It's that just what you do. It is interesting to me also that you describe that as a tradition. Uh, uh-huh. because like I think there are American cultural traditions that we describe more as celebrations. Um, okay, like Fourth of July, we're gonna go have a barbecue and set off some fireworks. Um, yeah, right. But we would describe that as a party, um, not as. I mean, like Hogwarts a... is a party. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure oh. they're. I'm sure they're <laughs> very similar in like actuality, yeah. right? But it is interesting that yours is. A tradition and it's not a solemn tradition it's a jokey tradition right it's not well yeah it's it's done with it's it's decorous do you know what i mean it's done right. with reverence yes but it's not 
It's not that we don't like walk through in silence. Right, there's, like, it, yeah. I bring you the black button. Right, there's <laughs> not like a parade while wearing cloaks and kilts down no, the street. No, although I do wear my kilt every year. Good, excellent. As it should be. That, no, um, it is It is interesting and fun. And I do think that's why, you know, I I, I, I think it speaks to Brigadoon's success. Is that, yeah. it, that, and this is awful commentary on America, but I think it's true because scotland is kind of an accessible exoticism um yeah, yeah. right that because it f- still feels western at its core because uh-huh. they speak english if a little different there um yeah that like you as you know xenophobic fearful american you can still go to scotland and feel fine um absolutely whereas like you might not have the same experience even in like spain much less yeah. in india um yeah you know, which speaks to Americans' internalized racism. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a, you know, they, Lerner and Lowe lucked out setting this musical in Scotland. I really think so. I really think so. Because, I mean, it was only a couple of minutes until they were writing My Fair Lady. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, which is a slightly more authentic picture of, of, of England. England, yes. you know what I mean? But it doesn't get, you know, it doesn't get the same treatment right. as, and, Sc- as Scotland does, you know. And this story at its core could have been anywhere, you know. It's a lost town in upstate New York. Like That's the thing, is it could, you know, I mean, they could be out in Ohio and right. it's, uh, you know, an old gold rush town. I don't know if they had gold rush in Ohio. Yeah, but whatever. But, you um, know, I mean, like that kind of thing that comes, you right. know, billowing out of the sand. Yeah, like the basics, you know, were just fine. But setting it in scotland gave them a musical genre a you know fake or not culture to bathe it in that was so rich that adds such a great connotation to it um and then it is interesting that the the interplay between the two how totally brigadoon's portrayal of scottish culture has become scottish culture through its existence yeah totally crazy Brigadoon. <laughs> no, but, you, hey, do you know what's upsetting? Come oh. to me, bend to me. Da, da, Music da, 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 da. I was yeah, listening. I, I was listening to it, and my boyfriend shocking, entered it? from the other room, and he said, "Which came first, Brigadoon or Phantom of the Opera?" <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, you've noticed Brigadoon by a long mile." Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's no, there's no questions. <sighs> But isn't it also like a Beethoven thing? Is that not is uh, Music of the Night not a Beethoven one as well? I don't, it, Jimmy. It is hard to keep track of all of Andrew Lloyd Webber's plagiarisms. <laughs> plagiarisms. You can't expect me to <laughs> so just have weird. an encyclopedic knowledge of them. There's no, there's no book finding big enough. No, no, it's hard. They just keep happening. Really? <laughs> Please say, keep them coming, Al Dubs. Keep them coming. <laughs> uh, um, one thing before we close off, mm-hmm. I would just like to say this is a plea. If you're Scottish, can you please write a musical about Scotland? (laughs) Yeah. Because Brigadoon is a representation in the musical theatre over. Like, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, And it's just, it's upsetting. Yeah. You know, we do it. So we do have a show called Sunshine on Leith. 
uh-huh. uh, which is a jukebox musical uh, based on a band called The Proclaimers. You probably have heard the 1,000 Miles Yes, I meant to song. look up and play 1,000 Miles at a school assembly the other day, but I forgot the specific name and accidentally played yes. 500 Miles, which is a different <sighs> song. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Very different. Yeah. Very but I, I made up for it by playing 500 Miles twice. So Good. Um, Excellent. Um, <laughs> so good, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So there's a jukebox musical with them. It's all right. It's okay. all right. It's not. Yeah. It's not great at all. Um, but it's just a shame because yeah, Scotland has the richest history. I mean, we've only barely touched it. Yeah, you know no, I'm I mean? sure we've really we've barely touched it here. And I get, we we talked about about this in the Rob Roy Unsung Heroes, uh-huh. but not everyone listens to them. No. So this will be the calling. This will be right, where this it all be changes. The one. Yeah, <laughs> on the Brigadoon podcast. Um. But, you know, we have such a rich history. Our actual mythology is fascinating. The stories in our folklore yeah, no, are sure. stunningly beautiful. Um, our social politics yeah. today are fascinating. Yeah, no, I would um, love a contemporary, any kind of art. Like, I wish there, you know, one of the Harry Potter movies was set more squarely in Scotland or something, I right? Know. Like, mm. it's just a shame. Like, yeah. we had a whole bloody Scottish Enlightenment we changed philosophy in Scotland. That's awesome. We invented the bloody telephone and the television and penicillin. Like, we're good. <laughs> I'm excited to hear that song in the musical. <laughs> um, I do actually know of a um, penicillin musical coming to the Fringe this year. Really? Yep. Huh. I'll let you know how it is. It is. the. I think you could force television and penicillin. There's a good. It's not quite. A, it's a. It's a close rhyme. It's almost there. Or yeah. like in a in a patter song, television penicillin. Like. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, that love. That's lovely. Right? That Isn't that fun? Nicely. There you go. Yep. There you go. We've given you your start. Yeah. <laughs> You're bloody welcome. You don't even need to credit us for that one. No, for free. Just go for do it. For free. Yep. Um. I just. Oh, I don't know. I just feel. I want it. it yeah. It's our music. Even just our music is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like. It's so nice. Yeah. Can someone just bloody do it? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Maybe we'll Thank talk you. about well, it on this podcast. Except, well, that's it. But then the thing is, is remember when we talk about things, they happen. I know. It's Who gonna kn- happen. It's gonna happen. Next season. Yeah. After share. God, I man, I'm working on my Tony's video now, and I'm just like ready to kill myself. Um. <laughs> um. So yeah, it will happen. So there's there's my plea. That's Perfect. It. That's all I wanted. To say. Wonderful.
Jimmy, that was Brigadoon. I it was, laddie. We're going to have to wait another hundred years to talk about it again. I we will, Ken. <laughs> they just all pirates in Scotland? I just need, yeah, that's all we talk. Um, I just need to say, in um, Go Home with Bonnie Jean, let me uh-huh. just get this lyric. Uh-huh. In Go Home with Bonnie Jean, uh, one of the uh, one of the lyrics is in Edinburgh. I used to know a lass with an air, and her name was Jo. And every night at ten, I would meet her in the Glen. There's no Glen in Edinburgh. <laughs> was there in 1767? I'm gonna say no. It's because that was the lowlands. Also, you wouldn't be going from Brigadoon in the Bloody Highlands down to the lowlands. It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> Shocking inaccuracy. Uh, that is the most stunning one. Not to mention that they figured all this out in two days. They just, I mean, they just say Glenn so much. <laughs> <laughs> these, they say these, so much. Jimmy, these people are in shock. Like, they've That's lost true. their heartfelt minister only two days ago and then fell asleep and woke up and it was suddenly the 1800s and then spent all that day putting together what had happened and then were fine with it and decided to move on with the wedding and just normal life on the third day. <laughs> Hopefully one day I'll see Brigadoon. Hopefully. That'd be nice. Yeah. We're, we must be doing it. Right? At some point. I mean, Yeah. Do, years do you think up. it'll be a big tourist attraction by that point? Everyone will be standing yeah, outside the bridge. Yeah, there'll be like signs, people just like waiting with selfie sticks. <laughs> like. Oh, those poor Brigadoonians. They'll wake I up know. and stretch and they have a paparazzi just sitting outside their door. Exactly. It will happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was Brigadoon. Let's leave that for another hundred years. Um, and what, let's think about what we're going to do next. I've <gasps> got a quiz question for you. Ooh. Great. <laughs> You turned into a ghost for a second. I did. <laughs> that may or may not be a clue. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, a laundry list of actresses were considered to play the title role in this musical, including Mary Martin, Ethel Merman, Gwen Verdon, B. Arthur, Doris Day, Elaine Stritch, Lena Horne, and Judy Garland. But instead, the role went to a relative newcomer to the Broadway scene. What show could I possibly mm-hmm. be talking about? I have no idea. That's not true. We should do a show with all of those women. Oh, that would be great. It'd be like the female version of the boys in the band on Broadway right now. Yeah, exactly. Every gay actor you've ever seen. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) And it'd be great because I think the boys in the band would love that. Yeah. I just want to see all of these girls in the boys in the band. (laughs) That'd be so good. (laughs) Love it. Oh, man. Um, Well, hey, if you'd like to get in touch with us and chat all about Scotland and the like, you can. Uh, Come and say hey. In my very Scottish Twitter at Asen Hendrix. <laughs> or come and say hello in my American Twitter, Musical Mash or Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. Or you can check out the show Twitter at Jim and Tomic or JimandTomic.com. Yes, which is linked to our lovely Reddit discussion. We'll be chatting up a storm, son. Tiddly, 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 That was very Irish. Uh, well, you know, it's as close as I get. As close as you can possibly get. Um, yes, and tell, feel free to tell your friends all about what we get up to over here. Totes my goats, and we'll see you next time. Yes, indeed. Goodbye now.
Wind sounds. I disappear into the mist. Wow. (laughs) For a hundred (laughs) years. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.